Sarah and Therapy Jeff here once again with This Changes Everything. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing really good. Having a good day. It's a nice, crisp fall day in Portland, Oregon. How's the weather over there? Like, amazing and beautiful. I was just thinking I was driving today, and this is the first time I've been in, lived in a place where there is, like, seasons Mm -hmm. or you know seasons change i'm from california and always spent the fall you know in california and i feel like i'm driving around the set of hocus pocus (laughs) over here i mean it's amazing i'm like this looks like a film set and then i i just realized how all of california is really what looks like a film set (laughs) because they just went like you know built a tropical paradise in the middle of the desert and now we're paying the cost uh, but yeah, so I absolutely love being in a place where the seasons are real and not just like Universal Studios backlot sets. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is so magical and wonderful. And it just makes you want to bob for apples. Uh, yes, 100%. I, I, I also grew up in Southern California, in California. And I, I get there was there were no seasons, but I didn't, I didn't even realize it. Like I thought that's what life was. Right? That Same. that this is how it always Who yeah knew? I saw snow you know like in the movies and there was mountains sometimes you'd go up to Big Bear or something and go skiing and experience the snow but it always felt like very detached from my own reality and it was very like if the sun was out then the sun was hitting your body and you were hot and then if the sun were behind clouds <laughs> then you were a little cooler like it was whatever the sun was and then I moved to Portland Oregon seventeen years ago. And I remember we went into the first, like the first Portland winter I've ever experienced, and it was still sunny out, but I was freezing, and it was the, like, what the is weirdest. Happening? And I was telling her, I was like, the sun is out, and I'm so cold, and they're just like, this is what happens in the world. What is wrong? And I was just like shocked. Uh, That's so true. What is not seventy two yeah. all the time? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad you could share in this in that experience of like not really knowing or, or being, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know, suddenly awoken to the idea of seasons. Like, sounds so crazy, but I love it. Do you have a favorite season? Oh, my favorite season is fall. Um, just because, yeah. you know, it's pretty. The flannels mm-hmm. give off fall yeah. vibes. <laughs> I can finally I get into guess. my comfy flannels and be really cozy. So I'm really into that. It doesn't It doesn't really snow here very often. It might snow like one or two days in the winter. And when it does snow in Portland, everything shuts down. We do not go outside. We do not drive. <laughs> all the businesses are closed. Everybody stocks up on like all the toilet paper or water. It's like it's ridiculous. The city is <laughs> just so embarrassing to be in because like – because if you were in any other town where it snows, like they are prepared – they have their snow clothes and their snow chains and they're plowing the streets and that does not happen. Everyone's just like, cool, we're not doing anything. Yes. I did the first, when I first moved to Denver, it was winter and I saw a sign that said storm coming, like be prepared. Mm. And I was like, oh, what do they mean? Be Mm -hmm. prepared. Like whatever that means. I'm prepared. Nope. I was not prepared. (laughs) Absolutely did not. I didn't know that they meant, uh, no, girl, you're not going to be able to get toilet paper, and you're not going to be able to go outside, and you're going to be, like, stuck in your dr- – oh, that's a real mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah, yeah, you learn. So they people people are unprepared, uh, not just in Portland. <laughs> yeah. Even, even newbies in yeah, Denver, exactly. I guess, are also unprepared. Um, yes. So do you want to continue talking about sex? I would love to continue talking about sex. I have a little um, – 
I don't know, like personal story, Ooh. fun mm-hmm. update to share with you. I was very inspired by what we talked about in our last episode when you uh, made me realize that my partner would probably be interested in the fantasy that I'm thinking oh. about. So I was like, okay, let me share it uh-huh. with him. So just this morning, I was like, would you like to know what I was thinking about while you were busy <laughs> doing the work you were doing to take good care of me? And he was so into it. And I was like thinking there, I, I don't know what I was yeah. thinking that I should be like nervous or embarrassed about it. He was super into it. And I was like, I want to hear what you're thinking about. It was great. It was super fun. And it brought us a little bit closer. And it just, I don't know, like, oh, it made something we were already doing mm-hmm. a little more intimate. Mm-hmm. And let me in, or like, I feel like I let him a little more into my world and i think when we can let somebody into that space like with us and not have like two separate experiences like me and like the thoughts that are happening in my head and then him and whatever he's doing and when like he's even aware of what i'm thinking about i don't feel more connected yeah yeah you sort of like up the sexiness even more when you share these really intimate details you know Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's talk more about sex and the questions you guys have. Yeah, so let's get into some more questions that they sent in. One of them was, how important is sexual chemistry in a relationship if all other things are connecting well? So maybe this isn't specifically about like the the dirty details of sex, but... Mm-hmm. And so I think I, there's a there's a bunch of questions we're going to go over today, and a lot of them I read them and I was like, well, it depends. Like I feel like there's no really good answer here, but I want to uh-huh. see if we can come up with an answer or yeah, or maybe even strategies on how mm-hmm. to discuss this, start a communication about these topics in your relationship. You know, so much like it depends, and and the. I think the follow-up to that or the rest of that sentence is like, it depends on what each person's needs are, what each person's desires are. And the only way to understand those, your own and your partner's, is to ask questions and be curious. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So this is a great question. How important is sexual chemistry in a relationship? And it depends on how important mm-hmm. is it is to you and to your partner. Um, a lot of times it's kind of like... Um, you can think of like, what are the top values or your top needs in relationship? And some of them might be like security, sense of humor, being playful, um, feeling connected, feeling in love, feeling like, um, you have like a stable place to live, feeling like your emotional needs are met and sexual chemistry is on that list. It might be at the top of the list or it might be way down at the bottom of the list. And if both you and your partner have sexual chemistry down at the bottom of your wants and needs, then okay, we're good. Like it doesn't have to be as important as maybe society is telling you it should be or other experts or therapists or whoever is telling you it should be. So this is really just up to you, but hopefully you and your partner are around the same level of importance when it comes to sexual chemistry. Um, and you, you, but you also, I feel like some people, I don't know, tell me what you think about this, Sarah. I feel like Mm -hmm. some people ask this question when internally they know that sexual chemistry is really important, but it's not quite there. So they're like, can I just not (laughs) like focus on it that much? Because there's so many other good things here in this relationship. 
it is uh, one of those things that's like a sleeping dog. Mm-hmm. You know, you can ignore mm-hmm. it and you can like step around it. And, but when there's chaos, like you're going to wake it up and it's going to cause a whole bunch of more problems. And it doesn't really go away. You know, I think that uh, sometimes when people, you know, there's like a maybe romanticized idea from movies or whatever that thinks we're supposed to just be like, oh, all over our partners like forever and so like i was watching some movie the other day and it was like a husband and wife who had been married for years i'm like nobody has been married for that long kisses like that come on Mm -hmm. that's like a new Mm -hmm. kiss and that and i think that sometimes sexual chemistry does not always have to mean an explosion Mm. it can just mean Two people who are compatible in whatever their that chemistry may be, kind of like you said, have a little more matched desires. But uh, you know, I remember when I was married, I think that, and even before that, I would find relationships where intimacy, where sexual intimacy, was not the number one thing for either for for me or the person that I was with. That that was further down the list because there were issues. Uh, that I was still working on. There were things that, that where having um, some distance there felt a little more mm-hmm. safe to me. And I could imagine, you know, if you, if one person in the relationship needs a little more time to open up, or maybe they're, you know, I was somebody who was a, a survivor of sexual mm-hmm. abuse. And so it, I, I was very cautious mm-hmm. and, and that had a lot of walls up. And I think it, it almost benefited me to find people who also had walls up in that way because it felt safer and it felt mm-hmm. like um, I could, I didn't have to make that a priority mm-hmm. and I could find intimacy and connection other ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point, is that sometimes we're, like, avoiding sexual connection because it can be triggering or re-traumatizing. Yeah. And it feels safe to be with somebody that doesn't prioritize it as well. But like you're saying, eventually it's kind of like a sleeping dog. Yep. And it'll it come up again, and you have to figure out how to address that and, and get into it and feel safe and feel comfortable. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of people that are listening can probably, that maybe have like gone through their own sexual abuse can like really relate mm-hmm. to what you're saying. So it's, it's important to like be honest and understand what you're doing with that sexual chemistry. Like, do you have sexual chemistry? Are you yes. suppressing it or repressing it? Do you not feel safe or comfortable? Like, why are you not experiencing it? Are you deliberately trying to do that? Like what's going on there? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. You know, and again, it just comes back to like communication mm-hmm. and being open and sharing with your partner about what feels good and what your needs are. And if those needs change, communicating that to a partner is important as well. And they, they can and do, mm-hmm. you know, I, as I worked on myself and, you know, I kind of thought of it as having this armor that I wore, especially in the bedroom where I would like do things to avoid, uh, even having to sleep in the same bed as my partner. Cause that was still scary mm-hmm. for me. And then when I worked on my stuff, it was kind of like I took uh, my suit of armor off, but then I was laying in bed with somebody who was still wearing Mm. theirs, and that felt really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. of like, oh, now there's one person who's open and vulnerable and one person who maybe isn't ready for that, at least with me. And so 
you know, need those things can change over time. That sexual chemistry, or even like maybe even why you are mm-hmm. mm, engaging in the first totally. place. Totally, and you might yeah. not even know that you're wearing armor, right? Right. <laughs> I ne- I didn't yeah. know until I took it off, and then I was like, "Wait mm-hmm. a sec, I need more intimate connection." Mm-hmm. This worked. This totally served a purpose and served a function mm-hmm. before, and now it no longer does. Yeah. And it, my partner probably was like, wait a mm-hmm. sec, you didn't want that, and now you do want that? What happened? And it's hard to even understand. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I, for In my experience, um, there was a time where I was like, in one relationship, I would really prioritize sexual connection, and then that relationship would end, and I'd be like, oh, that ended because I was prioritizing sexual connection. I'm going to do the opposite Aww. now, and I'd go all the way to the other extreme, be like, I'm an adult. I don't need that. That's for like me in my 20s, but now I'm in my 30s, so <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I don't mean to laugh, but... but <laughs> and yeah. I would ping pong back and forth. One relationship to the next, like being like really exaggerated in how much I prioritized or didn't prioritize sexual chemistry. Uh So, and, and, and just, and similar to you, maybe like eventually halfway through that relationship, it would be like, actually, no, I'm repressing a a part of me. And then I, and they'd be like, this is not the boyfriend I signed up for. Like what is going on here? And it was really a jarring experience for them as well as me. So... uh, God, yeah, this is a great question. How important is sexual chemistry? And the answer is like, well, first, do your very, very best to be honest with yourself. Yes. Understand that it changes throughout your lifetime and also while you're in relationship and hopefully finding a partner that can like go on that journey with you and you can both talk honestly to each other about it. Um, and yeah, just continue to do your own work to like figure out like where the sexual chemistry is coming from or why you're not feeling connected to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer, Sarah and Jeff. I mean, sometimes it is like, uh, uh, it depends, but there are, you know, some light, we can kind of break it down true. and, and true. expand on those. Okay. I love this next well, question. Hold on, hold on. Before we get to the next question, oh, okay. I want to talk about next Evo natural stress CBD complex because I'm in love with this and I know that you've had some really good experiences. So can oh, you tell yes. us about it? Well, first of all, nothing is easier than just being able to pop two little gummies mm-hmm like hello delicious candy tasty treats in your mouth and getting all of the nice relaxing benefits of cbd and ashwagandha doing its amazing job to help you chill out help you relax uh even fall asleep faster i love this for helping me fall asleep sometimes i work and do sessions really late into the evening and it keeps my brain Mm. like buzzing like Mm -hmm. i'm stimulated and you know, I, I can't shut it off. And so I have two little sleep gummies and I just like chill out and relax and it helps me fall asleep. And I don't even feel drowsy the next day, which is a big, important thing for me. Yes. I feel like I've tried so many other things that just like leave me feeling wonky and weird in the morning. Like there's some like odd hangover. But when I do the next Evo Naturals uh, CBD complex, I wake up and I just feel like refreshed and energized and ready to go about my day. And like you're saying, those tropical gummies, (laughs) how can you not enjoy that? Right. So 
If you want to get to the root of stress with the Stress CBD Complex from Nexevo Naturals, you can get up to 25% off a subscription when you order $50 or more by using the promo code CHANGES at nextevo.com. That's N-E-X-T-E-V-O.com. Promo code CHANGES, as in this changes everything. So check that out. Mm. Okay, okay. This next question. Love, love, love this question. Somebody wrote, is it okay if my partner masturbates to other people? We are monogamous, and but I'm still getting upset when my partner mm-hmm. masturbates. Kind of wondering, why is it that I get upset mm-hmm. when my partner masturbates? <sighs> is it okay? <laughs> In this is, I mean, obviously, I take all these questions personally. Like, I ask myself, like, how I feel mm-hmm. if my partner masturbates or how I would feel if my partner got upset if I masturbate. So, first of all, it depends. Uh, <laughs> it depends on what works for you in your relationship. So personally, I'm not offended if my partner is going to masturbate. I don't want to be with a partner that feels offended or jealous or insecure if I'm masturbating. But if they do, like, I want them to bring it up. I want them to let me know what makes them feel triggered or funky or is it what I'm watching? Is it um, what I'm fantasizing? Is it what they're projecting on me? Like, what's going on here that's making them feel weird about it? So instead, like, I feel like... And this has happened to me actually in past relationships where I've been, where they've asked me to like not watch a certain thing or not masturbate. Really? And if I'm told that, like there's a very big part of me that's just like, hey, this is my body. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like this is not going to get in the way of our relationship. I don't know why you're making this a thing. But instead of reacting that way, I'm going to do my very best to be like, tell me more about why this is hard for you or why you feel insecure or how you feel jealous about what's going on. Like, I just want to know how you're feeling because it's probably pretty, it's probably a pretty vulnerable thing. If you come to me and you're like, I'm feeling really uneasy about this, um, you are brave. And I want to like acknowledge that you're being really brave by saying a thing that you probably know I'm going to be having a weird reaction to, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think asking why, you know, with everything. So you you are upset your partner masturbates. Why? I think it. we have to kind of zoom out and look at what the scenario is. Is this a situation where uh, you feel that you're not able to meet his needs and so he's, um, you know, taking care of himself? Is he not including you? Is it that this maybe feels like a replacement for intimacy and for your sex life. Um, Does it feel, you know, I think even understanding that masturbation is not, it could be used for many tools, many purposes. Mm -hmm. I remember a a really funny meme that was floating around or like tweet that was floating around the internet during like the, when we were like in quarantine lockdown and it said something along the lines of like, I forget if I'm masturbating because I'm horny or I can't tell anymore if I'm masturbating, if I'm because I'm horny or because I need the serotonin (laughs) dopamine fix. And I was like, that is so real. Like there are times where I'm just like feeling like, Oh, I'm having a crummy day. I know I'll just like do this and that'll make me Uh feel better nowhere is my partner even considered or thought about. It is Mm -hmm. just like me looking to feel good in the same way. I'm like, I'll have the piece of chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. It it does the, it's the same thing for me. It's just like a physical pleasure that is maybe going to give me a little bit of a mood boost. And so if you can kind of take the, the, 
maybe emotion to the personal stuff out of it and maybe be curious like what is it that you get out of masturbating mm-hmm. what is it that you know if if it becomes a problem and it feels like somebody's doing that instead of having a connection with you then by all means i think yeah there's there would be some feelings mm-hmm. there and when I, I remember when I was not satisfied in a relationship I was in, I, I, and I was not getting mine, and I did not know how to talk about it, I used to masturbate any time. Like, we would finish having sex, and he would go take a shower, and I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. my turn. And it felt, in a way, like, shameful. Like, mm-hmm. it felt like I was doing that because, like, I deserved to be able to enjoy this experience as well, but I knew that it was because I wasn't communicating and I didn't know how to, to ask for what I needed in a way that, you know, I thought would offend this person. Mm-hmm. It could get really complicated. And then we get in our heads and we start making up a bu- like ideas of what the other person is thinking and doing a bunch of mind reading. And I say this, Jeff, maybe you've had this similar experience. In the thousands of hours of therapy I have done with people, never one time has anybody correctly predicted what the other person was thinking mm-hmm. not one time i have yet to see that where that person was like yeah actually that's exactly what i was thinking nope every time i they go nope that wasn't even close nope never even crossed my mind nope never thought about that one time so just like think about that very good points sarah rice has that been your experience that people oh my god all the time yeah that's always yeah. my experience yeah. mm-hmm it's never been correct. It's never been correct. But, you know, and I, I get that you're, like, projecting something on me masturbating and you're imagining what it means and assigning meaning to it when it's not really there. So you should probably ask me about it. I think in the in the past, if I've been asked or told to maybe, like, not masturbate or not masturbate as much, it's, it's sort of it came from a place of, like, um, I want all of your sexual energy. And if yeah. you masturbate, then you're going to come into having sex with me, not as excited as you could be. Um, and it also kind of came across as like, you're trying to manage my body, but like, it's my body. So I get to yeah. choose what I want to do. And I, and I'm also really good at like managing my sexual energy, I guess. And it doesn't even matter. Like it can masturbate right. and be like super turned on and have sex with you very soon after. So, um, it's usually come from, coming from a place of insecurity, I would, I would imagine, but it also might be coming from a place of, like, power and control of telling you, like, what you mm. should or shouldn't do with your body. So, what's the question? Is it okay if my partner masturbates yeah. to other people? Yes. <laughs> um, it's interesting that they put on the question, is it okay if I masturbate to other people? We are monogamous. Because it seems like they're feeling like uh, it would be okay if it was poly maybe, but they have an agreement that they're only going to maybe be like sexually attracted to each other or something. I don't, I'm not quite sure. There's something there. And I think anytime we try to repress anything, anytime you try to say, no, I'm the only person you're allowed to be. That's not, that's not going to work. I mean, it just like it, it. No, but Sarah, I, I, it, whenever if I talk about this sort of thing on TikTok, and yeah. and, it, and it starts to go viral, and then I usually like that video gets kind of picked up by like Christianity or religious TikTok, like that oh, yeah. side, I'm which sure. I'm, which and and sometimes you come from that sort of religion, and you're like, 
this is the only way to have sex and you should only, mm-hmm. and it usually comes up if I'm like, oh, if you have a crush on somebody else or if you think somebody is really hot while you're in relationship, a lot of those like, a lot of them are like, no, that's not okay. You should only have eyes for your person. And so maybe there's like some of this in that question as well. And if you ask me, I'm just like, no, I don't believe in that at all. But I guess that's where it's coming from. I always go like, look, look at what biology does. Look at what our, we can't, you have no control when you're sleeping Mm -hmm. over what you're dreaming about or what happens. Yet we have sex dreams and nocturnal emissions. Mm -hmm. So you can't say you can't do this thing that our body naturally does, whether we like it or not to what then create this feeling of like guilt or shame that you're supposed to wake up. What if you had a sex dream? Like, Starring, I don't know, somebody you saw waiting at the bus stop that afternoon. That does not mean anything unless you create meaning around it. Like, these are natural things that just Mm -hmm. pop into our minds. And so... All that being said, I I, I don't know if you've experienced this, Sarah. I have a lot of people that have talked to me about how they feel like when... (laughs) Like, uh, for example, like if I have a dream and I have sex with somebody else, my partner will be like, well, I hate dream Jeff right now. Or like dream Jeff has <laughs> cheated on me. Or if they have a dream where I've cheated on them in their dream that they wake really? up really angry and upset. There's so many I've fights. definitely woken up mad at my partner like you. Like <laughs> you did uh-huh. this. So it's normal, Not but it is very that. silly. Like Sarah's saying, there's, we don't have any control over it. Um, I do. This is, uh, God, when I was very young in like uh, middle school, uh, I think it was maybe fifth or sixth grade. I like learned about wet dreams, nocturnal mm-hmm. emissions. And I was like obsessed of like, how do we make this happen? Like <laughs> I need to experience it. This sounds fantastic. I know I'm not having sex anytime soon, but if I can do it in my dreams, like you took so many naps. <laughs> Oh Other kids were busy taking showers. Moms knew exactly what they were doing. <laughs> Little Jeffrey was just sleeping oh all my day God, long. I was sleeping <laughs> so fucking much. And I was like, <laughs> do I like think of really sexy things? Do I not think of sexy <laughs> things at all? Do I watch TV? Do I like listen? Do I like write about it and then try to fall asleep really quickly? Like, what do I need to do in order? <laughs> and all my friends were totally having sex in their sleep. So they'd like come to school and they'd tell me about all the sex dreams that they would have. Oh my and I never to this day have ever had a sex dream. Where it turned into like a wet dream. Like I've like hooked up with people, but I've never been able to like finish or orgasm in my dreams. So I feel really cheated Mm. out of life from this like very common experience that people are having. Okay. Yeah. What the hell is up with that? What if you were, yeah, what is up with that? What if you refrained and, and from. Anything and just Sarah, I have tried it all. I promise you. Of course, yeah. you tried. Look, like, 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 like he, like him as a teenager hasn't tried anything that me without a penis is going to come up with in the next yeah, ten seconds. I was obsessed right. for years and oh never God. made it happen. That is wow. Okay, well, you know what? Your your some bodies are just bodies. They're gonna they're gonna do what they're bodies gonna do. Bodies are bodies. Bodies, bodies are bodies, man. Exactly. Yeah, I. I well, I've had enough of those dreams for the both of us. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm very fucking jealous of you. And yeah, it is great. Which is why I read these things that say, I think it says like men's testosterone is peaks in the morning and women's women's mm-hmm. is in the evening or something mm-hmm. like that. That might be it. I might have it backwards, but whatever it is, 
the morning is I, I like huh. wake up from those dreams. Yeah. Yes. We're halfway there already. Let's I do it. I think part of my problem, Sarah, is that like if anything like that, even if I get close to that in a dream, all of a sudden I get so excited and I oh. wake up. Like yeah. I'm just like, that it's finally going to happen and it never actually <laughs> happens. <laughs> this is. This, you know what? It's funny because I, I hear similar, uh, I don't know, statements made for people who try lucid mm-hmm, dreaming. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you're having a similar experience. Just kind of, you know, not think about it. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Maybe one day. Maybe maybe this will this podcast and talking about it will be the, the very No, thing, I'm but. not getting my hopes no. up anymore, Sarah. <laughs> I've, no, I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm giving up. I love how optimistic yeah. you are. But we're moving on to the to another question. Okay. Next question, are your kinks, are kinks deal breakers? And if so, how early should you bring them up? Also, maybe we can talk a little bit about what the difference is between a kink and a fetish, because this is something that I have not always known. A kink, well, first of all, a fetish is like, so we'll use a classic one, like a foot fetish. If you like seriously for real have a foot fetish, then that means the only way you can orgasm is by doing foot stuff, right? Yes. And you can't orgasm yes. without the feet involved in your sexiness. So that's a fetish. Fetish is necessary mm-hmm. to the sexual. Exactly. Experience. There like, you go. And a kink, you don't have to have that kink. You can just like play around with different kinks. You can have tons of different kinks. And you can just sort of like have them in the sacks or not have them in the sacks and explore all the kinks and be really open about it. Uh, fetishes, you have to have it. So are kinks a deal breaker? Well, it depends <laughs> on you and what you like. How important yeah. is your kink or are your kinks? How adventurous do you want to be? in your sex life. Um, Mm -hmm. It's totally... And I also don't want to, like... If you want to be, like, really vanilla and hit, like, just some of the classic Mm. positions and just do that, then I love that for you. I'm not going to yuck your yum. Like, you're into it, and hopefully you find another person that's just as into it. I've always said... I've always said, I've recently started saying, but have always believed that missionary is the number one best position. It's just classic. You feel you can be like really close. You like have, you can like see all of them. They can see all of you. You can do lots of different stuff with your hands. Um, There was recently a study that said of uh, the positions that are most most stimulating mm. for a female, that missionary is number one. There we go. Yeah. Love it. Love mesh. And if you do too, then I hope you can do it all the time with your babe. But if kinks are really important, then it might be, it might not be a good fit, right? Correct. Because sometimes I think it's also important to explore your own kinks and to know maybe the you don't necessarily have to know why you like something, but kind of... Uh, oh, my God. I don't even want to know why I like some of the shit that right. I like. Right. I don't yeah. either. But maybe, like, the feelings around <laughs> right. it or the feelings that come from engaging in that, whether it's, um, you know, uh, somebody who maybe makes a lot of decisions all day long and Mm. wouldn't they love it if they were in the bedroom to take some of the pressure off of them and like have somebody else make decisions and so they like to be a little more passive and they like partners a little more dominating yeah there you Mm -hmm. go 
speaking my language <laughs> now. So, yeah, and I think and and I have ADHD mm-hmm. and so there's nothing better for me to be in the moment, be present mm-hmm. than being restrained. A little yes, mm-hmm. it like makes it so I have to force myself to pay attention and it makes me very present. <laughs> Yeah, so I understand why, and I think in understanding why, like, I, I, for a long time, there were some kinks and things that, you know, I enjoyed that I even judged and I felt ashamed Mm -hmm. of, or like, maybe I shouldn't like this, maybe I shouldn't be okay with this, or, or why do I even like this? And the more I explored why and kind of okayed myself to like the things I like and, and understand why it felt good for me, um, the more accepting of myself I was and the more comfortable I felt talking about it and like standing in, in that, mm-hmm. mm, I don't know. Yeah, feelings, totally. Whatever. Kinks. And you know, like as long as you're not harming somebody or Correct. doing something to somebody that's not consenting or doing really dangerous things, kinks are, um, widely accepted. There's like lots of different groups of people that will probably like want to do the kink with you. There is a key for every lock. <laughs> okay, people. I, whatever you There is somebody who is going to... If you like, you know, just vanilla stuff, there's somebody mm-hmm. for you. You like whatever it is, there is somebody for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that, so, so part of the question is, how early should I bring them up? Um... I would say if it's really important to you, which it probably is to a certain degree, like because sex is usually a pretty important part of a relationship, bring them up on the early side. Like, let's not wait years to discuss your kinks and also bring it up in a way that's just sort of like exciting of like, here's my kinks. What are your kinks? What here's my fantasies? What are yours? Like, like that test we talked about. Exactly. Yeah. The checklists. Mm -hmm. This is a great time. Uh, I think when, when you're talking about consent and maybe even like before you've had sex for the first time or, you know, when you're kind of in that like fun, like, you know, you know, it's going to happen soon and you're kind of like talking about it around it, what feels good to you, that it's a great way to talk about uh, like, yeah, consent mm-hmm. in like a fun and sexy mm-hmm. way. Yeah, exactly. So if you can have that conversation and you can feel safe and secure having it, then that's great. There's also like sometimes so sometimes you won't even figure out what a kink is until you're well into a relationship. So you didn't present mm-hmm. with that kink. Um, so you want to be able to be in a relationship where you're open and nonjudgmental about talking about kinks. And if you're not into it, then you should be able to be like, I love that for you. And I'm not okay with like that's that just goes way past my comfort zone. So then you have a choice of like, okay, um, if your person doesn't want to open up to it, then that's totally fine. That's okay. And just a tip here though, if you do want them to open up to your kink, I, I, I have found what works well for me is to be like, Hey, so I really want to do sex in front of everybody. Like I want to go to a sex club and like have sex with you and have everybody watch. And if they're like, wow, that sounds fucking horrible. I I can be like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm just throwing it out there. You think about it and I'm not going to hound you. I'm not going to pressure you. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to make you feel like you're Mm -hmm. so much less sexually evolved than me. If you keep on bringing it up, 
likely they're not going to want to do it. So, But if you put it out there, they can think about it. And if they want to do it, they're not going to forget that you're into it. And they will bring it up. They will not forget they that you're into it. They will not forget it. And they'll bring it up yes. if they feel comfortable and if they get there. If you want to do some like... Yes. Hounding can also make the person feel like if they aren't into mm-hmm. that, there there isn't another option mm-hmm. or that they need that in some mm-hmm. way. And I think if that becomes the case, then uh, the other conversations and, and more questions yes. that maybe you have to yes, ask. Yes, exactly. So they might never be into it. And if you want to be with them and you want to just be in a monogamous relationship, you might have to grieve that kink. That kink yes. might have to just be a fantasy that never comes true. And I have fantasies that will never come true and that I kind of also maybe don't want to come true in real life. But like... Yeah. <laughs> Um, But we're all probably going to have certain fantasies that we don't actually get to play out in reality. So there's a grief process of letting that go. And if you you can grieve it, great. If you can't and you're resenting them or you have contempt towards them or you're feeling angry or frustrated about it, then that needs to be talked about. Another option is opening up the relationship, right? That's a whole thing, though, (laughs) right? Right. And like feeling really comfortable and being able to say, look, if I can't meet all of your needs, I know that our relationship is more than just, uh, you know, kind of like what we talked about before. Like, what is love? Love is more than just sex, more than just those Mm -hmm. uh, attraction hormones, things Mm -hmm. like that. And if that is very important to somebody in the relationship, you know, I think with good communication and with, um, a lot of openness that everybody in the relationship is allowed to pursue their desires, you know, within what is mm-hmm. reasonable and, or what's been like been agreed upon in the relationship. And most importantly, this is a two way street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the rules that apply to one also can apply to another. I think if one person's like, Oh, I really want to be able to open the relationship up to be able to have sex in this kind of way, then Yeah. By all means. But guess what? Other partner (laughs) totally gets to have sex in the way they Mm -hmm. want to. Mm -hmm. 100% agree. And because if if you don't have that, if it's like lopsided, then everything else gets lopsided in the relationship. Typically, I'm not saying always like if you could work out some sort of relationship structure where like you don't need to do that or want to do it, but they want to do it. And you can like try to figure out how to navigate that. But that is very tricky and things can get really wonky. So. Uh, yeah, you should probably give the same favor to your partner if that's what you're asking for. Yeah, and then things don't happen on the the DL mm-hmm. like on that feels like when things are out. That's when it can be damaging to the relationship when these things aren't talked about. One person still has that desire, uh, still wants to engage, and you know that kink, and then goes off and does it without the communication mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So I'd say go ahead and try to discuss kinks earlier on in the relationship. Um, Maybe like when you start to like be sexy, get sexy, feel pretty comfortable being sexy and then wanting to kind of like talk about what are like other things that you could do. Um, Yeah. Halloween, I feel like this time of year, this is a great time for this. (laughs) This, Like just fall is sexy. Like Halloween costumes role play it's a whole thing the the costumes are all available at the costume store now what you want everything is there so you know it is the season 
fall is sexy. You heard it from Sarah. I, I know that, like, yeah. yeah, you love, like, Halloween fall stuff. It gets you off. And oh, my God. So much. There's something about, like, like Halloween. I think it's it's getting to try on different, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, play different parts. You know, it's like you, I, you put on a wig. Oh, and a pair of boots. Please. <laughs> do you carve pumpkins? Get out. I you do. do. Are you really good at carving I, pumpkins or really bad at it? I would like to think I'm pretty oh, good at really? this. Yeah. I think, you know, and my, my, my boyfriend and I, we are going to be uh, doing a big pumpkin carving weekend this weekend. We have a bunch of them to carve. And he, like, already has. And he's a designer. Oh. So, like, of course, his is going to be amazing. So, you know, we're both, uh, like, a pretty artsy pair. You know. That, like, the yeah. kind of, like, the annoying ones mm-hmm. who are like, hey, draw this. And then mm-hmm. you draw it. And you're like, fuck, I'm never playing Pictionary with you guys. Yeah, we're kind of like that. So. I'm, I, there's a, yeah, there's a certain threat. Like, if somebody is, like, amazing at carving pumpkins, sometimes I'm just really embarrassed for them. Like, this is your... You should be embarrassed for both of <laughs> Like, we both put too much... Yes, we're embarrassed okay, for us, good. too. It's not, like, the amount of, like, it, we've, like, probably researched, like, a, 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 you know, like, the nice carving tools, too. Like, so, like... Yeah, they're they're mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. I'm I'm also I'm so happy you two found each other. Me too. Listen, I I am grateful all the time. Like for oh, sure. God, yes. Sarah. Okay. Yes, we are definitely Next that couple. Question, then. All right. <laughs> um, what else here? Okay, so let's skip to this question of how to talk about having an STI. Yes. Um, yeah. Do you want to start with this one? Yeah, you know, I think with, with a lot of stuff around sex, when we take the shame away, when we take the, the um, I don't know, the stigma away, and just say the thing, you will be so surprised at what great feed, what, how it's received. Mm-hmm. It, I, have, I have heard from so many people, you know, wow, I was so nervous to talk about this. And then as soon as I did, it wasn't even that hard. And, you know, there, it's, I think it's the getting over the hump of, of saying it. It's that the buildup, that right before and, like, how am I going to say this? You know, I think about in any of these situations, I all, when something is hard to say or, or when, when it feels like there's we're doing a lot of self-judgment. Mm. I often like to think, what would 80-year-old me say right now? <laughs> An 80-year-old me would be like, so what? Half the people at this retirement home have herpes. Who cares? <laughs> Just say the thing. Like, it would be it would be no big deal. It would be like, please. If you love the person, you love the person. It doesn't matter. You're going to take what you can mm-hmm. get. Like, you know, and I, I, I feel like especially when you're dating when you're older, it's just like, yeah, bodies are bodies. We got weird stuff. Just say the thing, and somebody's gonna love you and accept you. I love that. And if they don't, freaking, th- that's the wrong person. Yeah, it, it kind of goes into like you can't say the wrong thing to the right person, right? I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and this is you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. This is one of those things, and it, and it should just be included in like before you hook up, before you have sex. And do yes. really sexy things. You're going to have a talk about, like, when was the last time you were tested? Um, yes. Do you have any STIs? What is your history with that? Like, is there anything that I should know or be informed about? And then you tell the person whatever you might, like, HPV or herpes or I've had um, whatever, chlamydia in the past. But I did something about, like, you just yeah. kind of put your stuff out there. And then you allow them 
to ask you questions or go home and do research or talk to a doctor. Yes. Like you, you don't have to like have the conversation and then do sex. You can have the conversation, go right. away, get that information, think about it, and then come back with more questions of like, okay, so you have herpes and tell me more about that. How do you manage it? Right. And also like if you're a person that's out there having sex, regular sexual um, connections with like different people, you're dating, you're in relationships, like, you're going to come across something. You're going to get something, like, at some point. And it is so important to get tested. Mm-hmm. It is not a scary thing to do. In fact, you can do it at home. Mm. There are, like, brands and, and different, like, mail and stuff where you mm-hmm. can do a ta- whole STD panel mm-hmm. from the comfort of your home and send it in. And it is – there's something very attractive about somebody who – is knowledgeable Mm -hmm. and um aware of their sexual health like any part of their health like i'm like oh yeah you got your shit together this is good Mm -hmm. like that is that somebody who is informed and who takes good care of their health and knows what's going on with their body even if they have an sti I am so much more interested in being with than somebody who's like, oh, no, I don't know when the last Mm -hmm. time I got tested is. Nope, that'll be a hard no for me, sir. Thank you. (laughs) Or ma'am. Yeah. Yeah, it's sexy if you talk about it confidently and up front. So how to talk about having an STI? You just talk about it. (laughs) You just 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 do do it. it. You just put it out there and understand that, like, if you're the one to start that conversation, it's a green flag, right? Totally. Oh, green flag. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen, here's the last time I got tested. Are, have you been tested recently? No, I haven't. Oh, well, you think maybe we could do that? And before, because I want to hook up and I want to do all the fun, sexy stuff. And maybe you, like, uh, you know, I don't know, take some time this weekend and mm-hmm. go get tested. And then we can, like, do the thing. Uh, yeah. You know, so, like yeah, that. Exactly. You know, in your own words. <laughs> or in Sarah's exact words. Or yeah. use mine. Or in Sarah's and Jeff's uh-huh. words. Exactly. <laughs> Um, let's see. So maybe we have time for one more question. If you're looking at the questions here, Sarah, is there one that you want to answer? Uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, we can do an entire episode on desire discrepancies and, but let's talk a little bit about what happens or how to manage when one person has high desire and the other person has low desire. Mm -hmm. First of all, I just want to like normalize that like to have the same exact desire is very rare, right? Very rare. Very, very rare. So it's typically one person wants to do it more than the other. And sometimes it goes back and forth Mm -hmm. or sometimes one person usually wants to do it more than the other. Like that happens all the time. And things are so like hormonal, especially for women. They're like, it's going to change. You give me this, you ask me these questions one time of the month, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a totally different answer than two weeks mm-hmm. from now. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I actually see happening for, so if you, if you are, if it is typically one person wants to do more sex than the other, what starts to happen is that like the physical touches and affection get really loaded. So, If you really want to have sex, but you feel like you're not getting it a lot, whenever you start to, like, touch your partner, they're just like, oh, God, they're going to ask for sex, and I don't know if I want it, and they feel really guilty or feel really bad about it. So one of my tips is, like, 
don't make every single touch lead to sex. Like, it can just be a cuddle or it can just be a kiss or a hug, right? This is great advice. Mm-hmm. This is. Re- I think people don't realize how often they do that yeah. or, or give off the energy. Even if it, that's not what you're going mm-hmm. for, it can feel like uh, like that feeling exact, that, w- mm-hmm. that you just described. Mm-hmm. Yes. So keep that in mind. But if you're the lower desire partner that is um, not wanting to do sex or doing more of the rejection, remember to try to do it in a way that's like... Um, compassionate, <laughs> remembering that like your your higher desire babe is like being vulnerable, initiating, making a move, and that's hard to do. And sometimes you feel uh, scared or worried to do that, and so they're really putting themselves out there. And so instead of being like, nah, get away from me," that's going to be really hurtful, probably and yes. painful. So it's kind of like a, you know thank you like i love that you're making a move um just sort of like validating like this is really hot when you initiate i love when you do this i'm not in the mood right now but i will be later and when i am i can't wait to do it to you ask again i'm totally open to it i love you because it can feel really rejecting like maybe you don't love me you're not attracted to me i can really get in my head about it you know that second half of it is so important i think that part of like don't stop doing this. I absolutely want to do this later. Mm-hmm. You know, and even setting some expectation of like, you know, later tonight, I'm definitely going to be into this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just have a lot going on right now, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but not making the, I see this cycle happen where one person reaches out, one person puts themselves out there and is the initiator and then the partner is maybe feeling self-conscious or not in the mood or whatever it mm-hmm. may be doesn't isn't doesn't feel into it and so they reject the partner and then that pursuing partner stops pursuing mm-hmm. and stops reaching out and then the partner who initially was like no thank you feels rejected and feels like what the heck happened you used to be you know wanting it all the time and now you don't but they've kind of been part of creating that cycle because of the pushing away so you got to say the, 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 the say all the things as to avoid getting in mm-hmm. that cycle of like mm-hmm. Yes. It's like a, it's a it is. It's, it's, it's an unhealthy sort of like kind of feedback loop that just gets worse and yes, worse. Yes, right? feedback loop. That is exactly what And I was also, if you're asking me to have sex and I'm not in the mood at all, for you to be like, hey, let's go have sex, I might be like, oh, sex, it's a whole fucking thing. Like, do I really want to do sex right now? But if you're like, hey, let's go lay down or let's take a shower or like, let's just like be naked. Like, if you're just sort of like asking me to do like a really easy thing, that sounds sweet. Oh, what a good idea. Because yeah. I can't go from like zero to 100, but I can go from zero to 15. So what's the 15? Right. Like, how are you going to get me there? Also, understanding that like I can stop at whenever I want. So we can just do the 15 or we can just do the 30 or I'm just going to give you a handy or you're going to go down on me. You know, like there's lots of different things that can happen. Orgasm doesn't have to be the goal. I love this. Say it again for the people (laughs) in the back. Yep, that's right. And I, I think what you described there is working to get your partner to where you are. Mm -hmm. 
You know, if you're the one who's feeling ready to go, chances are it's because you thought you're thinking about something. There's some thoughts. There's something in yes. your head. You know, meanwhile, your partner's like thinking about what we're making for mm-hmm. dinner tonight. Like it, sex isn't even on the radar. Mm-hmm. And so like to ask to go from like zero to 60, that's really hard. But if you work as a partner who has the higher desire in that moment or work to get me to where you are. And for me, it's just like being relaxed so if they're like oh you want can i give you a little back rub or can i like mm-hmm. you know massage your feet uh yeah and then we're definitely going to be doing it in a few <laughs> minutes so yeah that's it that i love that just go in with the intention of doing like a little thing to to mm-hmm. make them feel more yeah like on the road to getting turned engaged. on yeah exactly yes um but maybe when it comes down to it, it's like you're going to want to have sex more than they are or vice versa. And there's just going to be like a difference in desire. And you know what? Maybe you're going to end up masturbating more often. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or maybe. Hopefully to whatever the heck you want. <laughs> right? Or you're going to figure out how to have sex streams. And then you're going to call me and be like, this is how you fucking do it, Jeff. <laughs> so that I know how to do it. And you're going to share. Yeah. You're going to share your secret. There's got to be some foolproof way to have. If you know, please write in. Write in. Jeff at therapyjeff.com. Let me know. Or send me an instant message. DM on Instagram. I just. Oh, I hope this just opens up a can of worms for you that, like. (laughs) It's just the best. I will try anything. I guess a can of worms is messy, but, you know. Whatever the good version (laughs) is. A treasure chest of answers, we'll exactly. call it that. Yes. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's more that we can say about this, but we've run out of time. So I'm sure there'll be future episodes where we talk more about sexy stuff and high desire and low desire and exactly. I cannot wait. And uh, we'll be answering more of your relationship questions and talking more therapy and growth and all that on the next episode of This Change of Everything. Bye, friends. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 